Hello there, my name is Danny Yeoman, wild bird expert for Pets Corner and developer of Peter and Paul Bird Foods. Welcome to the next of a number of podcasts detailing some of the amazing birds that we see and feed in our gardens. Every week we'll be looking at a different bird and this week we're looking at the amazing swift. Technically speaking, this is one bird that you will probably never find in your garden. Swifts, those aerial acrobats that swoop on scimitar wings across the summer skies, remain airborne throughout their lives, other than nesting. They feed on the wing, mate on the wing, and even sleep on the wing, climbing to such great heights at night that they can be spotted by aircraft. Some are visitors from Africa, the swift stay in Britain is among the shortest, arriving in late April and frequently gone before August is out. Although they never settle in gardens, they can certainly make their presence known. Nesters in the eaves of taller houses, they shriek around buildings in groups at astonishing speed, particularly at dawn and dusk, chasing each other in great excitement. If you have them near you, then you won't need an alarm clock, as their piercing screams can startle even the soundest sleeper. Swifts are good indicators of weather patterns, because they follow the insects upon which they feed. On warm sunny days, they can be distant specks in the sky, wheeling and turning with mouths agape as they vacuum up anything in their path. When the atmosphere is heavy and laden with rain, they chase the insects down to the heights of treetops, giving you a chance to admire their astonishing acrobatics. Aerial magnificent though the swift is, when they're tired or hungry it can be caught by a hobby. A small falcon that's so agile they can even pluck dragonflies out of the air. You might even find on rare occasions a grounded swift. It shouldn't be there though, as swift's legs are too weak to enable them to get off the ground, so a young swift that leaves the nest has only one chance to get it right. If you find one that seems to be healthy, take it to the first floor window and place it on your palm. Wave your arm gently up and down so it becomes aware of where it is. It should swoop from your palm and fly away for what could be up to three years of continuous flight. If it doesn't, it may be ill, so take it to a vet's, feeding it with mashed up mealworms in the interim. The Swiss body is perfectly developed for flying. The tail is deeply forked and the sickle-shaped, sharply pointed wings are narrow but long, enabling it to rapidly chase down flying insects, and they are superbly fast, with one species being recorded cruising at 169 kilometres an hour. The swift's plumage is plain sooty brown, but appears black in flight. The tail, crown and underparts are dark brown, and there's a small off-white throat patch. The male and female swifts are similar in appearance, but the juvenile is dark black, except for white fringes on the forehead and a larger, well-defined white throat patch. A lot of people struggle with identifying this bird. One of the problems at certain times of the year is figuring out whether the bird that flew overhead at a speed of light was a swift, a swallow, a house martin. Swift swallows and martins are all superficially very similar, and you'll be forgiven in thinking that they are all closely related. However, swifts are part of the apodidae group of birds. They're more closely related to hummingbirds than they are to swallows and martins. Apodidae translates from the Greek apos, meaning without feet, which is a reference to their small legs. 
Their similarities are actually a product of convergent evolution, with similar adaptation for catching insects whilst airborne. If you do struggle identifying these birds, don't worry. While these birds are all superficially similar, there's a range of differences between them that can make telling these three bird species apart reasonably simple once you know what to look for. With swifts, it's their curved, sickle-shaped wings, together with a short tail, that help identify this species. Swallows are most easily identified by their red chin and their long feathers on either side of the tail, which stick out like streamers and make them easy to spot in flight. The house martin is probably the smallest of these three species, and has a gently curved tail, unlike the square tail of the swift, or the streamers of the swallow. They're most easily identified, however, by their white rump. Swifts make a high-pitched screaming noise that once heard is never forgotten. For many, the sound of a screaming party of swifts is the quintessential sign that summer has finally arrived. They can be quite frenetic at times, like screaming little black demons, hence their old-fashioned name Devil Bird. Swifts pair for life, and they have been recorded living more than 20 years. When hunting for a suitable nesting site, they will frequently swoop up to the spot and flick it with their wings, checking for existing tenants and how solid it is. They nest in holes in walls or under eaves, and the nests themselves are made of whatever the bird can find on the wing, feathers, straw, seeds and so on, and cemented together with saliva. In the Far East, it's the nest of swift species that are used in the making of bird's nest soup. Breeding is the only time swifts stop flying. Their entire lives, remember, are spent in the air. The eggs are white, smooth and non-glossy, and about 25mm by 16mm. The male and female take turns incubating the eggs, and both adults feed the young. Swift numbers are declining for a variety of different reasons, but one that all the experts can agree on is the lack of suitable nest sites available to them. Swifts are almost entirely dependent on their buildings for their nesting sites, squeezing into small nooks and crannies generally under the roof tiles or soffits. Unfortunately, when older buildings are refurbished, these little openings are often inadvertently sealed up by the homeowner, and the nest sites are lost forever. To make matters even worse, virtually all new buildings are extremely wildlife unfriendly, with no spaces available for birds to nest. If a few nooks and crannies are left open, or swift nest boxes installed, either internally or externally, swifts will have a place to nest. Swifts are extremely sight faithful, so once they have found a suitable nest site, they will continue to use it for the rest of their lives. Some colonies are very old indeed, and have been used by successive swift generations for tens if not hundreds of years. Swifts eat only flying insects and small spiders floating in the air. 
The swift probably eats more species of animals, small insects and spiders, than any other British bird, but they can be quite selective about what they catch. One was found to have caught only stingless drones around beehives and to have neatly dodged all the females which had a sting. Because they cannot land on the ground, a bird table or feeder, there's no food that you can put out that helps swifts. So I'm afraid that Peter and Paul wild bird foods will not help you attract swifts to your garden. But there are other ways that you can help swifts. The simplest thing you can do is fit a row of swift boxes under your house eaves. The simplest thing you can do is fit a row of swift boxes under your house eaves. Now sadly we don't sell them at Pets Corner, but if you are interested, head over to the following website at www.swift-conservation.org.uk. They'll show you where you can purchase them, and also, for the gifted, how to make your own. The ideal site for swift nest boxes is under the eaves, or on walls facing north, northeast, or northwest, and out of direct sunlight which is very important for all nest boxes to ensure the young birds don't get too hot, which can kill them. The height should be at least 5 metres above the ground, with clear adjacent airspace so the Swiss can access it in high speed direct flight. And the best time to put up the nest boxes are before the Swiss return, so aim to have them up by the third week of April at the latest. So please do see if you can find space on the wall of your house or other building for one or two swift nest boxes. They are a joy to watch and you'll be making a massive difference to UK wildlife. The UK swifts are one of the longest migration journeys in the world. 22,000 kilometres, that's about 14,000 miles every year. They fly from equatorial and southern Africa using largely unknown routes. If in the late summer or autumn you see swifts heading purposely south or southeast, you're witnessing their migration. During their migration, swifts really live up to their name. One swift was recorded covering more than 5,000 kilometres, that's 3,100 miles, in just five days. This bird maintained an average speed of around 25 miles an hour for the non-stop journey across the Sahara Desert and up through Europe to its nest site in a nature reserve in Falmere in Cambridgeshire. The bird named A322 started off from Vagambi on the River Congo in the very centre of equatorial Africa and after a travelling a distance of around 3,900 kilometres, that's 2,400 miles, spent around 10 days in Liberia, West Africa, where it fattened up for its journey by hoovering up flying termites before his epic five-day journey. A322 was tracked as part of a project run by the BTO, that's the British Trust for Ornithology. The Trust attached special trackers to 15 birds, from Great Yarmouth in Norfolk, Guernsey and Falmere, to monitor their movements once they had left Britain. The tiny devices known as geolocators weigh just a fifth of an ounce. They record light intensity and when this data is fed into a computer program, scientists can establish when and where the birds travelled with an accuracy of about 80 miles. The aim of this project was to investigate the reason behind species decline. And swifts are in serious decline. Their numbers have fallen by an alarming 50% in the last decade or so, with this leaving around just 85,000 breeding pairs in the UK. So why the decline? Although all the reasons are yet to be understood, a major factor is the reduction, as we mentioned, of suitable nest sites. 
typically gaps under eaves and other roof spaces in older buildings. But with so many old buildings demolished and with others renovated and the nesting spaces gone, Swiss are having a tough time. So how can you help? Well, as I said before, put up a special nest box or two. Now, whether you live in the town or country, you can help look after swifts and other garden birds by providing a wildlife-friendly garden that includes water and having the very, very best food available, foods like Peter and Paul. For more information regarding Peter and Paul wild bird foods, please check out the Peter and Paul website at www.peter-and-paul.com or pop into one of their wonderful Pets Corner stores. And the nearest store to you can be found at the Pets Corner website www.petscorner.co.uk Well that's it from me. I hope you've enjoyed this look at the Swift. For further birds, please continue to check out the stream and I look forward to speaking to you soon.